you know, the people that are pulling the strings financially, you've got BlackRock and you've got Vanguard. So that, that that's a huge leverage uh, for what they do. This just reveals that, that there's duplicity going on, there's deception going on. These are tactics of an elite group of people who want to separate you from your children. And the easiest way to do that is get them seven hours a day in a government school where you sexualize them early. Effectively drive a wedge between them and you, the parents. All right, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is Wednesday. I hope that you are getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving with your family, uh, with some friends. Maybe you're on the, the highway. Maybe you're getting on your way and you're downloading it, listening on Apple. I appreciate that, Spotify or whatever. Maybe you're sitting down. You've made it. Either way, thanks for being with us as we get ready to celebrate and give thanks. Uh, today, a very, very interesting topic. Now, I used to love going to the book fair when I was in grade school. I loved it. I looked forward to it all the time. You got to pick out a couple books. Uh, I think the way that we did it was you got one free and then you could buy another, whatever. I always looked forward to it. I remember as a kid, I was totally into the Clifford the Big Red Dog series. And that was my thing. Um, I'm sure as I got older, I changed maybe the Hardy Boys. I think that was a another one. So when you think book fairs, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I know what I'm talking about. That's innocent. It's nice, whatever. New, 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 new. You should see some of the stuff that is going on in book fairs now. And these are the ones that come to your kid's school, your grandkid's school, that talk about helping out and funding the library and helping us buy books because your purchase is blah, blah, blah. Well, you wouldn't believe the content that's being shown to your children. It's graphic, it's sexual. It's the kind of stuff that will get you banned on Facebook, but they think it's okay to show your kids. That's right. And it's all being pushed by scholastic books. Well, former actor Kirk Cameron He's not a former actor. He's actor Kirk Cameron, director, author. He's written three amazing books from Brave Books, two kids on great topics. Well, he's been taking on scholastic books, offering a new alternative that you can get involved with to bring a, a an alternative book fair to your kid's school. Same goal, helps you raise money, gives your kids some great content that you don't have to worry about, and says no to the wokeness of scholastic books. Kirk is going to tell us what he's doing to champion that effort. So without further ado, let's bring in Kirk Cameron. All right, friends, are you looking to secure your financial future? Then I ask you to call the folks at Bishop Gold Group. They are who I rely on during these uncertain economic times, interest rates going through the roof. Where do we put our money? What's secure? Bishop Gold Group is America's premier precious metals company. Uh, they can sit down with you and put a plan together about whether it's an IRA, you're a first-time investor, you're a long-time investor, how to diversify, what metals to get into. I have known these guys for quite some time. Integrity is a way of life for them. Uh, transparency is something that they pride themselves on. When you call them, they sit down, create an individualized plan for you based on your specific needs. I know there's a lot of companies out there talking to you about precious metals. Trust me, you will not be disappointed with my friends over at Bishop Gold Group. You can reach out to them and talk to them right now at 844-984-1616 or click on the link below bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. And guess what? They've got a special promotion for you to start your financial independence journey. Again, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. Kirk, great to see you again. Hey man, great to see you too. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. It's always a pleasure. Um, so the thing that I find so funny is I grew up, I went to these book fairs um, and I always, I, I, it was funny when I started to think of them, I know this sounds odd, maybe some of the people in the audience can relate. I remember 
like collecting the Clifford, the big red dog series. Right. And that was like, <laughs> right. But that's right. That's, and Stuart Little in the, in the sports car and James, the giant peach. Right. So I think to myself, and then all of a sudden I see this stuff online about the, the, you, what you've been exposing at these scholastic book fairs. Uh, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, now if my kids didn't go to Catholic school, and maybe I still need to know what they're getting at their book fair because I, I, I go to it and I've helped as they've been younger, but explain to folks what, what, what's going on at these scholastic book fairs. So a, a little context, um, you know, I, everyone's uh, seen at least one of those videos of the mama bears at the school board meeting holding up this inappropriate, obscene material for the board so that they can see what's in the books that they're showing to their kids in their library. And then like the cop will come and shut them down saying, you know, you can't show that that's inappropriate, but these are for the kids. This is what they're saying. So we thought, wait a minute, who's actually publishing this material? Who's actually distributing it into public and private schools, even Catholic and Christian schools. And after a little digging, we discovered that the wolf in sheep's clothing is scholastic. Scholastic is the thousand pound gorilla in the space of children's books. They're the world's largest publisher and distributor of children's material into libraries and public schools. And scholastic fairs are all the rage. Everyone has them. They have over 100,000 of these fairs every year in public and private schools. So you likely have one maybe at your Catholic school, at private schools, and certainly public schools and libraries. And this stuff is... So dangerous because the covers look benign enough, but inside it's laced with pornographic, obscene material that even Facebook, Meta, shuts down ads that show the inside of books being promoted to second graders, to sixth graders, because it's full nudity. It is instruction manuals on how to turn your female sex organs into a two-inch willy, as they say, their words. And not to mention underage drinking, unsnapping of bras, getting into the sheets, and transgender sex experiences. So this kind of stuff is really, really awful. And uh, we actually have a PDF for parents to download on the website so you can see with your own eyes. And understand I'm not exaggerating. Um, This is not hyperbole. You can see it by downloading it. Show it to the parents at your school and your librarian and your principal and let them know what's going on so that you can replace Scholastic with a much better, more wholesome alternative. Yeah, so I wanna break down several of the things you said. So let's, first of all, what's the website that you can download the PDF on? So it's called Skytree, okay. books, bookfairs.org. And okay. Sky, Skytree is a nonprofit that is going to be replacing Scholastic And all the book titles are vetted. They're wholesome. They're designed to root children in truth and uh, traditional values that will preserve and nourish their innocence and their character. Uh, Just go to skytreebookfairs.org. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough 
that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's fourpatriots.com, includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, fourpatriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. So I, good. I want to get that out of the way. The second thing that you said that was so interesting at the beginning of this conversation is that it's interesting that both the, the social media platforms like Meta and Facebook, et cetera, and yet, and, and you gave the story of, of the parents that have gone out to public forums and tried to show it. And, and, Public officials will say you can't you can't read that in public. You can't show they they don't want you to see it. The social media platforms will ban it, but they want to give it to our kids. It's that's the thing that I find so fascinating about this. We can't say it at a public forum. You can't show it at a public forum, and you can't put it on a social media platform. But it's okay to give to a kid. It it, it doesn't it it blows my mind that. It would be one thing if they said, we should all be seeing this. It's out there in the public and everyone should yeah. be aware of it. But yet they don't want, they don't want you to see it at a, at a open, you know, public hearing or put it on a social media platform, but then they'll say, but it's okay yeah. that the kid got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Sean. So this is the same kind of double standard that we see when we see the left say things like, you know, uh, you guys can't resort to violence and the things that you saw in Washington, D.C., uh, but they'll go ahead and say, you know, when the riots break out with BLM, this is all understandable. Your rage is real. We feel you. And this just reveals that, that there's duplicity going on. There's deception going on. And these are tactics of an elite group of people who want to separate you from your children. And the easiest way to do that is get them seven hours a day in a government school where you sexualize them early. If you can sexualize children, you will effectively drive a wedge between them and you, the parents, and their naturally curious little minds, their impressionable consciences, and their curiosity will take them down this rabbit hole, and parents and authority figures are going to be the last ones that they want to talk to, and that's what these books cater to. Um, if you can get the heart and mind of the child and, and essentially disciple them for 12 years in school, seven hours a day and get the parents to pay for it with their tax dollars, you got a sweet deal and you control the future of your country. So when you guys brought this forward and you go, you, if you go to Skytree Book Fair and you, and you download this and you bring it to the principal, is it, is it your experience or anecdotally have you heard, are, are people shocked by it or are they like, yeah, of course we knew that? No, they're shocked by it. They don't know that. Parents don't know it. Even people, like I said, the, the, the staff of the schools and the librarians don't know it. Some of them know it and they're, and they're in the agenda. They think this is actually a morally good thing. Right. But uh, the vast majority of, of people, reasonable people, understand that this is sick. If you look at the pictures and download it, you, you, you will have no uh, ambiguity in your mind. Uh, I mean, it's full nudity, hands down pants, bisexual, non-conforming, non-binary experiences. It's, it's just, you know, there's a girl holding a, a fake penis and scrotum talking about how she puts it in her jeans to be her, her packer. So she looks like a guy until she gets her surgery. I mean, it's just, it's just absurd stuff. 
Uh, but what I really want to focus on, Sean, is what are we going to do about it? Besides right. being sideline referees calling foul, foul, foul all day long. Meanwhile, our kids are the casualties. Get them out of these places or at least replace the harmful things with good things. And there are over a thousand schools, Sean, that have already started the application process, public schools and private schools, to ditch Scholastic. They're dying to get rid of Scholastic and replace them with SkyTree book fairs. And this is the first time they've had a chance to do it because there's no other game in town. Um, you can have the same benefits uh, to your school and the budget by keeping the book prices low, uh, and all the books are actually going to be reinforcing good values. So walk me through SkyTree. Is this something that you came up with, that you partnered nope. with them? How did it happen? I, I partnered with this nonprofit that was started by a concerned mother who was inspired by the the, the, the readings at the public libraries that we were doing this last yeah. year, where you and I went together. And she said, look, let's go after the head of the snake. Uh, this, this, when kids are caught having drugs in school, go after the drug dealer. Who's pushing this stuff? Well, we found out it's Scholastic. She started SkyTree. There's a whole board of directors there. I'm on the advisory board and I'm out there trying to get the word out. So if you go to SkyTree Book Fairs, you'll learn all, all about it. Uh, you can support them in lots of different ways. It's a nonprofit. And there's already 200 book fairs scheduled for the spring. The first one starts uh, in a couple of weeks. And we have, like I said, over a thousand schools that have applied. And we just need the support to be able to get these fairs into all of these schools. So where, where are the first few and how did that go? Did they immediately reach out and say, hey, thanks for bringing us to our attention. We want to replace yeah. them. Or was there a lot of bureaucracy to make it uh, happen? No, no, not a lot of bureaucracy. This is a contract that schools make with Scholastic, um, just like they would make with, with any other company. It's a publicly traded company and you sign up, you have a contract. Well, many of them are canceling those contracts and going with, with SkyTree. You know, what's interesting, Sean, is that um, Scholastic is a publicly traded company, billion dollar company, and guess who their two biggest stockholders are? Uh, I'm gonna guess BlackRock and State Street. And Vanguard. Ding, 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 ding. So this is where the SEG DEI value system comes in. And, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're beholden to the politicians who are managing all of the tax dollars uh, throughout the country. And man, it's but a so sweet deal for those two, in charge. There's two things that I think I want to, let, let's go before I get to the capitalism part of this. I want to get to the, I, I, I feel like to your point about the head of the snake, like somebody, somebody it's, you know, I always think when, when I was in the, you know, served in the Navy for 25 years and people would always say, oh, the Navy did this. I'm like, the Navy didn't do anything. That's amorphous. There's a person that, you know, screwed up your paperwork or did everything. It's a human being. Like there's got to be somebody at Scholastic that is actually doing this. And I think that that's to me the fascinating part about this is that somebody at Scholastic made an active choice to make this part of the agenda and the, and the content of the books that are going out. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. And I don't know anybody at Scholastic personally, but I do know that, you know, the people that are pulling the strings financially, you've got BlackRock, BlackRock and you've got Vanguard. So that, that, that's a huge leverage uh, for what they do. And then you've got, uh, for instance, the former CEO of Scholastic uh, wrote a letter and it was an apology letter to the uh, LGBTQ community because here's what happened. There was so much pushback about about this obscene 
material and gender-confusing, race-infused material getting into these book fairs for, for kids, that Scholastic said, okay, uh, American parents, uh, we will take all of that material and put it in an optional package that you can opt in or opt out of at your book fair. Well, the people on the left flipped out about that. They said, no way, we're going to be mainstream front and center, or you guys are going to get in trouble. And so they backtracked, apologized. We're so sorry. And we're going to double down on putting this material through as many channels as we can to represent this kind of stuff to as many kids as possible. Don't so, you find that funny though? That that's that's the point. You can't opt. They don't want you to have the option. They don't no. want parents to actually be able to say, we're fine with letting the kids see this. They want to force it down your throat. And yeah. this is what I've always said is the big difference between the right and the left. I don't really care what you believe. I know what I do. I'm not going to force my belief system on you, but I want to be able to express myself religiously, et cetera, the way I want. They want to take their belief system and jam it down your throat and jam it to your point, jam it down kids' throats to indoctrinate the next generation. So what the, the big question I keep wanting to get to is what are we going to do? Uh, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. There are reporters and there are reformers. A lot of armchair quarterbacks uh, or commentators, I should say, who are sitting back pointing at the fingers. And what we need to do is start pointing thumbs. Uh, the thumb points back at myself and says, what am I going to do to be part of the solution and actually reform the system or at least reform myself or reform my family? Uh, God gave my kids to me, not to my public school board. So if I'm <laughs> pissed at the school board, I, I've got my eyes set on the wrong things. I can take my kids to a different educational opportunity. If it's if my church doesn't offer something, there are homeschool networks within my community that would love to support my educating my kids in good values. So let's be reformers because the left are certainly reformers. The problem is they have the wrong standard that they're reforming to, and it's paganism. It's not progressive, it's regressive, back to the things that lead to bondage and slavery. They don't reform, they actually deform everything they touch. If we want to see things get better, we need to hold up a better standard and start going down that path, not complaining about those who are ripping our children away. All right, folks, I wanna tell you about a guy named Leo Grillo that I've gotten to know. Uh, he is the founder of Delta Rescue. And if you go to deltarescue.org, you can get to see some of the great work that Leo has done to provide the world's biggest sanctuary for abandoned dogs, cats, animals of all stripes. It is amazing what they do at Delta Rescue right now. Uh, this dog that he found at one time was in trouble and underweight. Leo rescued that dog. It was a Doberman and named him Delta. You know why? Because that inspired Delta Rescue. It's unbelievable what they do over there. Delta stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals. That's basically Leo's mission. And Delta Rescue relies solely on contributions from people like you and I to make it work. Talk to them about making this part of your estate plan. If you're an animal lover, you know this is where your legacy can match with theirs and they can help put together a tax saving plan. It's all on their website right now. So go to deltarescue.org, check out some of the great videos and the estate planning tools that they have there on their site for you. From us. I think this is great advice because I think so many people, you're right. And I, I found myself many times saying, I can't believe those guys are doing this or we're, they're getting away with it as opposed to what can I do to fix it? I want to ask you one more question about this process because I'm fascinated by it before I get to this really, because I, I, I do really get into what are we doing? But the, Scholastic, you guys have got to become this massive threat to them. A thousand schools, that's, that's, 
taken a hit to their bottom line. Has there been any pushback? Has there been any uh, response by Scholastic to reach back out to these schools to go after you guys to do anything? Because I got to imagine this is to them. This is a this is a fight. Well, I think a real movement has begun, and if the first thousand schools are any indication, there is a huge hunger out there and other avenues were cut off up until now. So while we've not yet heard from Scholastic, um, we have heard from organizations like the American Library Association, who um, tried to stop an earlier event that we did called See You at the Library. Yep. Uh, they were unsuccessful in that because when, when, when the sleeping giant wakes up, the giant that's made of concerned Americans, moms and dads and grandparents, um, there's, there's, it, it, it's a force. And so that's what we're trying to do. I mean, I'm, I'm no hero. I'm no savior. I can't do a whole lot. But if I can help get the word out about alternatives and getting off the defense, getting onto the offense, uh, there, there is an army of, uh, of, of loving, compassionate parents who love their country. They love their kids. And they love God, and they don't want to see this deteriorate on their watch. That's exciting. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the the actions that you've taken, right? So SkyTree uh, is a whole alternative that's allowing schools to have a choice, something the parents can demand, right? So to yep. your point, if you want to take action, go ask your school. Yep. Are you using Scholastic? Find out if you can get a SkyTree there. Tell them there's an alternative. That's something that everybody can do. Yep. But the other thing that's interesting is you, you've gone beyond that. I mean. You've actually written the content. You've got now your third book out. Um, I, I, I guess the thing that I find interesting is you went from being an actor to really jumping in headfirst to this whole uh, children's, I don't even, content. And and what, is this something that you sort of, after your first, first book, it, it was an awakening for you and you said, I got to keep going? Like, because I, I think it's interesting. I wrote one and I thought, I'm looking at you going, gosh, what else have I what else I got to add to my list now? Oh, no. Well, listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for you and, and, and this, this, this uh, program that you've got here where we can talk about all the things that a lot of people are doing. And uh, Brave Books has made it easy for me to get a couple more books out. And this new one is about loving your enemies. Uh, it's called The Fox, The Fair, and The Invention Scare. And uh, it was really inspired by something I saw a couple of years ago in Washington, D.C. We had a, a, a um, it, was, it was an event called uh, Restore America. And at this event, there was a couple that got up to the microphone. They were an older couple that explained that uh, their, their son was violently gunned down by a gang member in an inner city. And what kept them going was their unwavering faith in a kind and merciful God that could bring good out of evil. Then, then. They introduced a young man who stepped up to the microphone and explained that he was a gang member. He was in jail for murdering somebody and then said that while he was there, he was visited by a couple and the couple was the people that just introduced him. And they came to him to say, listen, we are the parents of the young man you murdered. Oh my and God. we came to tell you that we don't hate you. We are praying for you. And there's a God of mercy and forgiveness who can give you a new start. And when that kid got out of jail, Sean, they legally adopted him as their son and raised him as their own. And through tears, this kid said, this is what the power of loving your enemies and the power of God can do to give you a new life. That's not normal. That, that's that's no. freaky. That's weird. Who reacts like that? And that's what I think 
we need to teach our children is that there's a better way than, you know, uh, uh, brothers in the Middle East killing each other or Republicans and Democrats going after each other's throats, uh, there is a better way. And it's what Jesus said. You've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I say, love your enemy and do good to those who hate you. And you will be like your father in heaven. If we can get back to that, Sean, I think we've got hope. But uh, First of all, that is probably one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard. I cannot <laughs> imagine the tragedy that those parents went through and then turn it into, it's one thing to even forgive. It's another thing to, I I just, that is a mind blowing story. Yeah. Um, Oh, so, (laughs) so what, so what is, how did you manifest that into the book? Well, this is a story about feuding families. Uh, there's a couple of characters, there's a giraffe and there's a fox and they're at this, um, kind of like a, a, a fair, where there's an invention contest and these families have been fighting for generations over who's the better family and who's who's more talented and a, a terrible accident happens and one of their inventions gets destroyed and uh, against family protocol, this fox reaches across the aisle and actually helps the other guy who wins the contest. And this opens up a whole new avenue of reconciliation between these families. And uh, they're not really enemies, they're opponents, but it communicates the message. And at the end of the book, there's uh, games and activities for the family to get together and reinforce the value of loving your enemy. Well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, Kirk, and I I feel like there's a lot of people tonight that might be like, shoot, maybe this is something that my family is going to need tomorrow as we gather and have some kind of like political discussion that ends up with everyone pointing at each other at the end. And then then I think that part two is it probably should get sent to all 435 members of the House and 100 senators. Um, that that's what I think we probably need more of. Can I just ask you though, that it's, it's like every, A, hearing the story that you told and then B, the, the, the nut of your book, there's something that I just can't, and maybe it's my Irish in me, but I, I feel like I get it. I'll, I'll hear this, the, the gospel on Sundays and I'll sit there and I'll say, okay, turn the other cheek, love your enemies. And then I'll, I'll be like, but I, I want to, I want to win the fight. You know, Democrats are continuing to go after us. We watch these Hamas sympathizers, protesters who, you know, are, are condoning, the murder and the rape of individuals, the innocent murder and the barbaric actions of these folks uh, that are part of Hamas. And I think to myself, I, how do I turn the, the cheek on, and, and love these people and pray for them? It's, it's, it is a difficult task. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have the answers. I ask many of the same questions that you ask, Sean. Um, but what I, what I do know is that all conflict, uh, it, it begins internally. Uh, we, we hear that in, in the Bible, in the book of James this morning, as I went to church, you know, why do you have fights and quarrels and wars among you? Isn't it because you don't have what you want and you steal and you rape and you kill to get it? And you don't have, because you don't ask God. And even when you do, you want to, you want to spend what you get on your own pleasures. I think that if we change the human heart, and that can only be done when we turn to God, then we have a real chance at stopping evil in the world. And I think we have to fight the good fight. We can't let innocent people be raped and murdered and all of that. But it's awfully messy and complicated when these these feuds have been built over generations and the knot is so tangled. How do you rightly untie those knots uh, without slaughtering a bunch of people? I think the answers to those things are difficult, but I think that wisdom says we'll never fix it 
if we don't begin to start treating other people in the same kind of ways that God treated us. If God treated me according to the ways I've offended him, I would be a pile of cinders sitting in my driver's seat in my car right now. So I've got to find ways to do that in small ways with those in my family, my children, my spouse. How do I show kindness and care there even in the midst of uh, wrongdoing? Yeah, And maybe if I can grow in that, now I can have some answers for some wider spheres of influence. Yeah, I think constantly trying to reflect and figure out how how we can be better and the, it's, it's, it's tough. It's this conflict. I find it so difficult these days when I want to be the better person and yet I see what is being perpetrated by the left, by the media and, and I, yeah. I go, you know, I, I just, I'm drawn to fight it and I get it, but I feel like if we don't, because this is where the, the part of what I feel is that sometimes they want us to be complicit. They want us to lay down our arms to do that as opposed to, to push back. And yeah, so I get it. But let me let me get back to the question I was asking a minute ago. Like you started, you had the the, the first brave book. And I, I think that one, it was as you grow, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you went pride comes before the fall, which is where I think you and I hooked up at that library with, with and did that session with some other brave That's book right. authors. That's right. So when you did as you grow, did you think this is a one and done? I, I like, I, I have this message that I want to put out through a children's book and because like I get, it seems like I was saying a moment ago, you've now moved on to the third book. You've become involved in Skytree, offering these alternative book fairs. Is this now a mission for you? Or or is that, was it the plan to really get into this whole area? So th- this was a surprise for me last Christmas. And there was such an, a strong response from people at that very first library that told me, our community doesn't want you here. You're, you don't line up with our values. And then 3,000 parents show up. It was the largest event they had in the 137 years of the library's existence. The cops are saying no one comes here anymore except the homeless to get out of the cold because there's so many riots and so many problems that moms won't bring their kids. And this place was packed for six stories. We were breaking fire codes because the too many people were inside the buildings. And that happened in Scarsdale, New York. That began to happen all across the country. So I feel like I'm on a surfboard riding a wave of um, of momentum that is just everywhere. It's, it's going all the way across the country. And it happened in the second book. We went to Seattle, Washington during Pride Month to talk about humility, the cure to pride. And then now we're, we're, we're here at Christmas time again with learning to love your enemies. And, you know... It, I feel like there is a there is a special forces um, marketing team in heaven that is just saying, <laughs> okay, you know what? The perfect time for this book would be to come out would be like about the same week that this whole thing goes down in the Middle East where people can see what happens when you hate your enemies so much that you begin butchering innocent people. Um, and then... And so I'm just, I'm just waiting to see what happens next. And I'm, I'm ready to just kind of roll with things and, and go with the flow in so terms is, of new. Is there, is there, is there a, I mean, it'd be, I, I just got to imagine you get inspired to your point about these stories that you hear. Do you have an idea for like a fourth book or another mission, another idea, or is it just dealing with I, this right now? I think right now we're, we're really looking at, like I said, we, we want to go for the head of the snake and yeah. 
Brave Books is continuing to produce great books like your book and Jack Vasobic and so many on great topics. And we're now going to work on helping schools and libraries stock their shelves with wholesome alternatives to the bad stuff. And so I really want to lean into these book fairs over the next year. Yeah. You know, I have noticed the easy thing to do, and this is your point about the finger versus the thumb, is nothing. It's easy to go along to get along. It's easy not to speak up. Um, We're called to do that, though, to do the right thing, to speak up. And I, I feel like for someone like you, who's got a celebrity to them, who's well known, um, how difficult does this become sometimes personally for you and your family? I, I know it, as someone who worked for President Trump, right? I mean, there's days in which I know that something is wrong or that he's, you know, someone's going at, politically going after him. And I'll get, you know, it, you realize standing up isn't always the popular thing, the easy thing. And how difficult is this sometimes for you and your family? Hmm. Oh, well, that, that's that's a super personal question. And uh, I know that you know what that feels like. And so, of course, uh, we're family guys. I, I, I would do anything to protect my, my right. family. And I don't want to drag them into things. So, uh, of course, there's, you know, you, I want to be measured. But at the same time, I want to do everything I can while I have breath to make the biggest difference that I can and uproot the most evil that I can and plant as many seeds of truth and goodness and beauty as I can. And uh, I I get on my knees, Sean, and I I ask God for wisdom this day and try not to script it all out, but let God be the the writer and and the director and the producer of what ends up happening. So uh, I don't have a a perfect plan on that, but I, I, I trust God and I do what I feel like I need to do that day. Um, you know, it's funny to me though, because I, maybe I'm just looking in the right places, but I feel like I see more people in prominent positions coming out and willing to take a stand. John Rich in the country music, uh, space, for example, uh, who has said, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm willing to stand up and say the right things and, and actually been very successful at doing it. And I think that's because there's, there is an audience and there is uh, a market for good, wholesome things that you and I both seen on, on the book side, but it's there on the music side. I thought, um, uh, it's, it's, I actually for, firmly believe that it's there on, on the Hollywood side as well. Do you think that, and that, that that's becoming contagious Do people reach out to you and say, you know, Kirk, I, I've seen the work that you're doing and, and I'd like to maybe join in in some way in the way that I can is, is am I just looking in the right places or do you think that more people are, are, are actually starting to come out and do things, um, you know, again, like a Jim Caviezel and others. Now, Jim was there for a while, but I, I feel like I'm seeing it more and I just can't tell if I'm looking for it or or if it just happens to be the content and the people are willing to take a stand because they're seeing others like you that are willing to do the right thing. I, I, I'm seeing the same things that you're seeing. I just went to church this morning and the place was packed. Uh, I'm in Colorado right now. And there was this church I went to and um, man, what I was struck by was how many men were in church. Often you go and you see a lot of ladies in the church. Uh, and this place um, just was, they, they were speaking in such a way that was culturally relevant. It 
it was it was it was transcendently authoritative because it was all rooted in the word of god and 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 men were finally feeling like i don't have to just live vicariously through nfl players and mma players and video game characters i can actually engage with my world and defend my family i can raise my children i can do good in the world and overcome evil if i get my head on straight i find my tribe and in community, we work together. I'm finding that in churches, in schools. I'm finding it. I go to the airport, uh, and people come out to me all the time. And there is a momentum and a movement that is happening. And when I look at the way that we've shifted toward the left, um, you know, this, these values are not progressive; they're regressive. And I don't find anybody really excited about them. Most people are just acquiescing to the bully. And they do what they do and they go along to get along on the left because they're afraid of the fallout if they don't. And it's the same on the right. People are afraid of the fallout if they stick their neck up so they don't say anything. But man, people get really excited when guys like you or um, Jim Caviezel you were just mentioning or um, Jonathan Isaac or other people, they stick their neck out and they stand up and they say the right things. And they're like, dude, that was awesome. I want to join your team. You know, I just, I just need a group of people I can do this with. Show me how. I don't want to be alone. And people That's are getting it. fired up and excited. Yeah. I think that people just want to make sure that they're not alone and that there's a team that will support them and, and affirm them. And I think that's what's so great about now. I think Rob Schneider came out a while ago talking about some stuff and I, I was like, wow, I didn't expect to see that. I, you know, it's interesting though. And I, I, I want to get your take on this because of your, your background and your success in the industry. But like, I, the Marvel, the latest Marvel movie came out and it was a complete and utter disaster. I think it made like $46 million. The budget was 200. Obviously that's, and it, maybe I have the numbers off a little bit, but that's a, a huge miss. And yet the Marvel movies are trying to go in this woke agenda and pass on a lot of the values that you're seeing in the scholastic books. The question I have for you is that after the success of a movie like Sound of Freedom, do you think that Hollywood will ever sort of see the light or is it you got to use maybe the same model that you're going at with Scholastic, which is we need an alternative that's going to put out good content, make it available the way that, that, um, you know, Angel Studios has done with The Chosen and Sound of Freedom. Is, is it going at the snake the same way that you're going at Scholastic or is, or is there hope for Hollywood? I don't know. I think that we should probably be trying on, on, on both fronts. But at the end of the day, my gut tells me it's about building a parallel economy. Because yeah. I, I think that the termites have so infected the studs of the house it, it, that it's very difficult uh, to, it, you know, how do you tent the whole place? Um, some things, sometimes you just, you, you gotta start over. And, um, you know, that sometimes that's easier. Sometimes it's, I don't know, you know. Um, Remodeling a house can be very difficult. Sometimes you want to start over, but building from the ground up is also difficult. It takes a lot of capital. It takes a lot of vision. A lot of so I'm I'm excited about people who are doing that. Yeah, and uh, I, I I want to be among them. Good. All right. Before we go, I appreciate your time. You've been extremely generous. Just remind us a about where we can find out the book fairs, and then two where we can get the latest in all of the Kirk Cameron Brave books. Okay. So, uh, go to, go to bravebooks.com. That's where okay. I would go 
to get all things that are going on here we talked about today. Bravebooks.com. You can find out about SkyTree book fairs there. And you can find out about the new books and how to join the Book of the Month Club, where you get Sean's book, my book, uh, and all the other amazing books uh, delivered to your door once a month with a pro-God, pro-America value. Bravebooks.com. Okay. Uh, Kirk, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you being with us. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what's next because, I, I, like I said, I feel... Like I, every time I think I'm like, someone said to me the other day, oh, wow, you have four books. And I'm like, Kirk just wrote his third children's book. Like, you know, <laughs> you set the bar. And I think, and that's just not, not mean to suck up because I think that what I take away from you isn't about keeping up. It's about remembering what you just told us. Don't point the finger, point, look at the thumb, where the thumb's going and saying more about what you can do. And it's a great reminder, especially right before we sit down and give thanks for all that we've gotten. So thank you for being with us. That's right. God could take you and me out of the way. And that that, w- that would not stop the freight train of his success in the world one bit. So we just say, thanks for letting these, let's be passengers on the train and let's do as much good as we can while we have time. All right. Kirk Cameron, congratulations on your success. Have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot, Sean. You too. You All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a great conversation to lead us into the Thanksgiving Day holiday. Uh, Kirk is out there fighting the good fight. I loved how he approaches this, though, and it's something that, frankly, I'm going to think about now. Um, We do a lot of finger pointing, don't we? What everyone else needs to do, especially politically. We talk about that a lot, and I started to think about it. You know, for a while, there was a a movement. People were getting involved in elections, and, and that's, I think, the equivalent of that politically. We can tell everyone else what they should be doing, but at some point, maybe we should be getting all involved. And I know everybody's busy. I get it. But Kirk's got a point. We want everyone else to do the change, to make it happen. But part of it is it's got to be us. If we're going to force folks, we're going to force change. That's part of the reason that, I, as I said from the jump on the show, why well, I did it. I want people to have the tools and the understanding on how to actually make real change, not just complain about it. Anybody can do that. Can fire off a tweet or an X, whatever you call it now. I don't know. That's the easy part, to just get upset, to complain about it. What are we going to do? to affect change. And for my part, hopefully explaining to you guys the rules of a lot of these inside institutions and bringing you some folks that are actually doing great things, we can affect change. We can make a difference. And tomorrow is when we stop and hopefully give thanks. And I say hopefully because I know a lot of people are still hurting out there in America. But hopefully, regardless of whether you've been able to gather with family and friends, you can just stop for a moment and thank, give thanks for what we do have. We still have a country. We still have a great country that we should be fighting for to make sure that it's great for the next generation. We still have freedom. With so much going on around the world, unfortunately, that is something that we should not take advantage or take for granted. There are so many people that would love to have what we have. There are people literally crushing in through our southern border because of it. So let's be thankful for what we have, who we have in our lives, and try to figure out a way that maybe we can make a difference. I know I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for everybody that has subscribed to the show. It means a lot. It's not just words. The show survives and grows because of you and your support. When you subscribe, get the notifications, go to Apple, subscribe there, give us, it helps us. So thank you for what you're doing. I am thankful for all of you and for your support. And I'll continue to keep you in my prayers. I wish you and yours a very safe Thanksgiving, and I will see you right back here tomorrow. If you're bored, you can come listen to us tomorrow and Friday. We're going to have a great discussion 
on term limits. And trust me, we've got a great panel that is fired up, ready to debate the merits of it. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show.